Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What's emotionally abusing my audience? I'm Robert Evans, uh, the host of the show where I emotionally abuse my audience. Is that a good intro, Sophie? It's no? the honest one. It's the honest one. That is what this show is about. And I love being technically honest. Like last episode, I promised that I was not going to throw any more bagels. But then our wonderful sound guy, Chris, handed me an English muffin, which also fits in my sling. So I am going to throw an English muffin at some point this episode. I'm way less angry about that than I was about that moldy bagel. Yeah, there's no mold. This is a solid English muffin. Yes. I'm going to have to eat it afterwards. Yeah, I was going to say, don't be wasteful. You no, have to eat I, it. I you have to eat, eat the entire thing. I will. After I throw it. Great. Maybe slightly before I throw it. Pieces of it. You can give a little bit piece of it to Anderson. I can give a little piece. I might just come close enough to him that he's able to get it himself. Him, we clarified this. Anderson's a woman. How dare you? Woman. I am sorry for misgendering Anderson. But in my defense, dogs are incapable of caring about gender. Anderson. It's one of their best traits. I she does pee with her leg up, so <laughs> dogs are post gender. All dogs are both male and female. Like I said, she does pee with her leg exactly, up. Exactly. Her name is Anderson. We could learn a lot from dogs, namely about peeing everywhere. Anderson doesn't pee everywhere. She She's could. She's a classy broad. There's nothing not classy about peeing wherever you want. In a lot of ways, that's the classiest thing you can do. We are really off on a tangent here that is not productive for the show. This um, has nothing to do with your topic. Nothing to do with my topic. I Sophia. said this one out because I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a smart play because 
if I wasn't canceled before. <laughs> I'm just just barreling towards cancellation. So today we're going to talk about Jerry Falwell Jr. and Liberty University. Now this is going to run on a different week than our other Falwell episodes because we're talking about a different Falwell. But we are recording this just minutes after the last one. So you have had a full Falwell dose. How are you feeling? Say Might that. you be full well? <laughs> I say we call it a day. That's probably the. I'm also uh, canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens really quick. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. And yet, does not change what we're doing at all, which really actually does get to the core of what cancel culture actually is. People declare you canceled and then nothing happens. Cool. In our previous two episodes on Jerry Falwell Sr., I think I was pretty clear in my opinion that he was a piece of shit. His life made the world a worse place, and we'd be better off if his dad had accidentally shot him when he was pranking one of his friends. However, I should acknowledge that there are some things about him you have to grudgingly respect. For one thing, he built a legitimately impressive and expansive organization that grew from a small church of 70 into an empire that spoke for millions and organized an entirely new political bloc that now dominates American politics. That's impressive, even if it's shitty. You also have to acknowledge that Jerry Falwell was a true believer. He was deeply consistent throughout his life, and everything we know about his personal life suggests that he lived in a consistent manner with his terrible values. And that's not good, but you might argue it's better than pushing all of those same terrible agendas and, say, getting wasted at nightclubs in Miami, which is the story we're about to tell I was going to say, is, was that foreshadowing? That is foreshadowing. That is foreshadowing. Jerry Lamont Falwell Jr. was born on June 17th, 1962. So he got another cool middle name. He got Still the Lamont. He got the Lamont. I yeah. love me that. Yeah, yeah. Well, otherwise he wouldn't be a junior. If you get a different middle name, then you're not a junior, right? I don't, I don't know, know how that works. I think that's junior law. Uh, his parents sent him to private schools in and around Lynchburg so he could be raised in a world of God and without black people around uh, rather than the world of Satan. In 1971, he watched from the vantage point of a pew at the Thomas Road Baptist Church while his father explained to the congregants his plan to start a Christian university in Lynchburg. Jerry Sr. explained that the new college would produce champions for Christ. Jerry Falwell Jr. would one day become the master of that institution. But first, he was a student there. After graduating from Lynchburg Christian Academy, he attended Liberty University starting in 1980, the same year the Moral Majority began its massive push for the election of Ronald Reagan. From what I can find, Jerry Falwell Jr. did not have his father and grandfather's appetite for mean-spirited pranks. So that's a plus. I mean, I wonder how many times as a child you have to see your dad, like, wilding out by, like... Shooting some people or threatening feeding to run them someone over cats or yeah, pretending to run people over where you're like, you know what? I'm going to decide not to be much of a prankster. Now, he, he, he never got to see his granddad, so he didn't meet. So he never saw the cat feeder. It's crazy. Like when you're reading a whole book about Jerry Falwell, you don't notice some of these things. But in retrospect, the fact that anyone would call murdering someone's cat and feeding it to them a prank, a prank <laughs> like, is so fucked. That's not a prank. Like <laughs> that is a seriously demented, psychologically unsound. Yeah, that's crime. E- evidence that somebody is probably chopping up like people in their spare time. Yeah, like, they're. They're one one more cat away from just yeah. people. Fucking wild. 
Now, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. got his bachelor's degree in religious studies and history. After acquiring a letter of recommendation from Senator Ted Kennedy, of all people, Jerry Jr. was accepted to the University of Virginia School of Law. Again. I thought that was for Liberty University. I'm like, isn't that his dad's school? No. Why did he even need a recommendation? He wanted to go to a good school. Oh, that makes sense, I guess. And again, as with Ted Kennedy, as with all these guys, Mostly what they care about is that they're all rich. So even if they have political disagreements, they'll still do a solid for their rich friends' kids. So that's nice. Cool. Cool. (sighs) Jerry Jr.'s brother, Jonathan, took a different path. From the beginning, he was more drawn to religion than his brother. Jonathan became an ordained reverend. He took over his father's position leading the Thomas Road Baptist Church. While Jerry Jr. has inherited the bulk of his dad's empire and passion for direct political involvement, Jonathan has kept strictly to religion. He did not endorse Donald Trump alongside his brother in 2016. That's a small mercy. That's a small mercy. Prior to his death in 2007, Jerry Falwell Sr. had laid out his plans for the inheritance of his empire of faith. I'm going to quote now from a massive article on the Falwells in Politico by Brandon Ambrosino, himself a Liberty University grad. His two sons, Jerry Jr. and Jonathan, had each inherited different aspects of their father's persona. For Jerry Jr., the elder of the two by four years, it was the stomach for partisan politics, ability to throw an elbow, and savvy to court influential friends. For Jonathan, it was the calling to ministry, his easy way with people and charisma as a public speaker. Jerry Jr. would preside over Liberty University, and Jonathan would lead Thomas Road Baptist Church. So that's cool. And from a financial perspective, this seems to have been a great call. When Falwell Jr. took over the college, it had assets of roughly $259 million. Ten years later, it held assets worth more than $2.5 billion and is now worth more than $3 billion. So that's cool. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you got to give it to him. He's better at business than Donald Trump was. Yeah, but it's like, isn't such a huge part of being a good Christian is like giving to the poor? How are you going to get all the way to $3 billion? Well, there, there's really different attitudes on that within the faith. So there's the people who are within like... Within the rich community? Yeah, yeah within there the is. community of rich Christians where it's yeah. like, no, the more money you accumulate, that's God's blessings that you're accumulating. And yeah. so Jerry Falwell is Because that's how blessings work. You just mm-hmm. pile them all up. At least that's consistent with their attitudes towards AIDS. Ta-da! Yay! What a wonderful belief system so lucky so cool yay so uh now i bet you're wondering what did what did what did did jerry falwell jr do to increase the value of his university by so much in such a short period of time i was thinking that you wondering if there was anything gross and shady there yeah yeah i was wondering that much of liberty university's Growth has been due to growth in online students under Falwell Jr.'s reign. There are now 95,000 kids across the country taking Liberty University courses from their homes. So that's good? Mm. Mm. Now, I mean, if I know one thing, it's that online universities... Are are, never scammy. ...are never literally just scams. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But before we talk about that... I want to talk a little bit about Falwell Jr.'s wife, Becky. Oh, my God. He with really literally met a be- married a Becky with, with an eye. Yeah. There's a little heart over that eye. I can feel it. And I can, I will, I, I know in my bones that she has had a lot of issues with a lot of waiters and waitresses. And oh, yeah. And talked to a lot of managers <laughs> in her day. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, uh, and part of why I know this is what I'm about to read next, his wife Becky is considered by many close to the family to have taken on a major role in managing the university since Jerry Sr.'s death. One former school official told Ambrosino, writing for Politico, until Big Jerry, that's what they called him, died, you wouldn't have known Becky if she walked up and slapped you. Big Jerry dies, and all of a sudden, if you're walking down the hall and you didn't greet her right, you're fired. This official shared a 2012 email from Becky to four school executives. In the email, she complains about a school employee who complained on Facebook that the university didn't have enough parking spaces. Someone needs to talk to this girl, Becky wrote. I don't think that we allow employees to post negative remarks about liberty. Wow, real Nazi kind of flair. Yeah, and apparently the employee uh, ended their employment there not long after. Mm, mm-hmm. She spoke to the manager and she got him fired. Yeah, yeah. Be- Becky's complaint sparked an almost immediate call to the employee at the employee's home at 9 p.m. because she Ugh. complained about not enough parking. Oh, now, wow, what a bitch. That's going to be fairly minor compared to what else we're talking about today, but it's just so petty that I felt compelled to point it out. Now, in another article published by a former student uh, in the News Advance, talked about sort of how the culture on Liberty University's campus has changed since Jerry Falwell Sr.'s death. Its title, Inside Liberty University's Culture of Fear. It's a good title. The author, Will Young, was formerly the editor-in-chief of Liberty University School Newspaper, The Champion. He claims he instantly got in trouble during his first week there. His crime was noticing that his school's police department didn't publish a daily crime log online. He called the Virginia Association of Campus Law Enforcement Administrators to ask if this was against the law. The university police department found out and complained to his boss, who yelled at him. He writes, This wasn't exactly a rude awakening. I'd spent the previous three years watching the university administration, led by President Jerry Falwell Jr., meddle in our coverage, revise controversial op-eds, and protect its image by stripping damning facts from our stories. Still, I stuck around. I thought that if I wrote with discretion and kept my head down, I could one day win enough trust from the university to protect the integrity of our journalism. I even dreamed we could eventually persuade the administration to let the champion go independent from its supervision. I was naive. Instead, when my team took over that fall in 2017, we encountered an oversight system that required us to send every story to Falwell's assistant for review. Any administrator or professor who appeared in an article had editing authority over any part of that article. They added and deleted whatever they wanted. Falwell called our newsroom on multiple occasions to direct our coverage personally, as he had a year earlier when, weeks before the 2016 election, he read a draft of my column defending mainstream news outlets and ordered me to say whom I planned to vote for. I refused on ethical grounds, so Falwell told me to insert, the author refused to reveal which candidate he is supporting for president at the bottom of my column. That's so stupid. That's it's cool, right? Yeah. Uh, you love the intellectual honesty and the freedom of speech. I mean, it really has fucking Nazi propaganda qualities. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it is consistent with the family line of hating freedom of speech and yeah. not being able to stand anybody saying anything bad about you. I guess that is passed down in the genes. Um, and pranks apparently aren't. So we've learned a lot about genetics today. Will eventually quit the school paper, and the School of Communication did not replace him with a new editor-in-chief. Instead, they changed the champion to a faculty-run paper, taking control for content direction entirely away from the students. Future journalists at Liberty University were forced to sign an NDA forbidding them from talking about editorial or managerial direction, oversight decisions, or information designed as privileged or confidential. The NDA also makes student journalists acknowledge that they are privileged to get thoughts, opinions, and other statements from university administration. (laughs) We're so lucky that they'll talk to us. Yeah. That's cool. 
So obviously, Will is a student with an axe to grind, but his experiences gel very clearly with the reporting of numerous other journalists, as well as complaints of students and alumni. He and others paint a picture of Liberty University as a sort of evangelical dictatorship of higher learning. Which is super neat. Uh, a dictatorship of higher learning. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds dreamy. Yeah. Where the entire university is just an extension of Jerry Falwell Jr.'s personality and pocketbook. Um, that sounds like a good thing for a school to be. Sounds like a good education. I'm glad they don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. If they had to pay taxes. Well, because they're an apolitical religious institution. That demands their writers publish who they... Only flattering yeah. things. Yeah. Now, a lot of the uh, 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 changes in the culture of Liberty University are believed to have something to do with what has made the school so enormously profitable since Jerry Jr. took over the massive growth of their online education program. By 2015, Liberty University was the second largest provider of online education in the United States, second only to the University of Phoenix. I was going to guess Phoenix was leading. Yeah, it's number one. Number two is Liberty U. The school can largely thank the federal government for the money that it's gotten on as a result of this. By 2017, Liberty students received more than $772 million per year from the Department of Education. It ranks sixth in federal aid nationwide. The vast majority of Liberty University's wealth comes from taxpayer dollars. Yay. And they don't have to pay taxes. So um, that's good. You guys feel good about your where your taxes are going? That's I feel good. great about it. They need a billion dollars a year. It's not upsetting at all. Flint, Michigan doesn't need clean water. Clean water, but Liberty University needs seven hundred and seventy-two million dollars uh, to discriminate against students. That's so fucked of, up. Yeah, a variety of types. Of, yeah, it's it's cool, super cool, and consistent. Some people find it uncomfortable or downright bad that a school which bans its students from supporting homosexuality, swearing, and even drinking off campus receives federal money. But as we all know, evangelical Christians in America don't have to obey the same rules as the rest of us, and that's fine. It's fine. Everybody's happy with this. That's what Jesus was for. That's what Jesus was for. Massive inequality. He was a big fan of inequality. I mean, I would say that was his platform. Mm Mm-hmm. Trickle down economics. Mm-hmm. He was a big fan of, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember when, uh, Jesus when he was like, "Oh, I'll turn one fish." Well, you know what? I'm just gonna take this I'm one. I'm just gonna fish. take this fish. It's gonna eventually trickle down to yeah. the really hungry people. I'm gonna throw some bones at y'all. Someone of you's gonna get an eye, a fish eye, and you will be fucking happy with it. Yeah, and you will be my second in command, <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, online courses have become the primary money-generating engine behind Liberty University. They have more than 300 phone recruiters working from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., calling students from lists they get from sites like Best Colleges Online. In an article breaking this down, the New York Times noted, There is such a race to get to customers before the University of Phoenix and other rivals that the prospective students sometimes marvel at how little time has elapsed, just a handful of minutes between their providing their information on a website and the call coming from Liberty. Liberty's tax filings show that, in 2016, the university paid Google $16.8 million for admissions leads generation. In other words, advertising Liberty to those searching online for degree options. The recruiters work under intense pressure. According to several former LUO employees I spoke with, they get no more than 45 seconds between calls, and sometimes managers override even that short break. There are no formal quotas. A federal regulation that went into effect in 2011 forbids them. But as one former employee put it, the highly motivated goal is for each recruiter to sign up eight new students a day, multiplied across 300 cubicles, that is 2,400 per day. 
Um, 45 seconds between calls. I mean, honestly, that's downright leisurely. Yeah, what are they even complaining lazy. about? Exactly. Um, Slobs. So it sounds like it's just like a big MLM kind of s- situation. Yeah, it's uh, akin to that, certainly. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's... um Not an MLM, but what do they call it when it's just like a, a farm? Yeah, it's a diploma mill. Yeah. Yeah. It's a diploma mill masquerading as a religious institution so it doesn't have to pay taxes on the the hundreds of millions of dollars it gets from taxpayers. But the particularly aggressive sales call thing, that's like its own thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like telemarketing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like crazy that it's so high pressure. Yeah, well, that's... They're fucking Glenn Gary, Glenn Rossing, these people. Yeah, yeah. To get them into (laughs) debt so that, like, to get them into taxpayer-subsidized debt to the school... For a degree which, spoilers, is not worth a whole lot. Mm. But you know it is worth a whole lot, Sophia. Our goods and services. Yes. Brada. You let her say goods. I did let her say goods. <laughs> I, Suck it. I, I gave it up. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards. And, you know, as part of my practice for this show, I have to go through a lot of books to learn about all these terrible people I teach you about. And, you know, I spend time on the road. I spend time at the gym. I wouldn't be able to do all of the research I do if it weren't for audiobooks and Audible. They make it easy to get informed and learn while you're listening, so you can do it wherever you happen to be. And right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. And you're going to get two Audible originals and one audiobook absolutely free when you sign up. If you want a recommendation from me, try The Court of the Red Czar, which is one of the very best books written about Joseph Stalin. The audiobook is engaging and fun and, you know, 27 and a half hours, so you'll have a lot of time to do bench reps or whatever while you listen. So, if you want to try out Audible for $6.95 a month, you can go to audible.com slash behind or just text behind to 500-500. That's audible.com slash behind or text behind to 500-500. We're back. Why are you waving that? I am waving. Threateningly waving an English muffin. It's attached to a sling, though. I'm excited. Sophie's excited. Proud, too. Excited and proud. On with the episode. Of course, you don't sign up new students at that kind of rate without fudging or obscuring a few facts. This is what you were getting at a little bit, Sophia. Two recruiters told the Times that they were ordered to quote the university's cost on a per-credit basis instead of per course. Instructors are also urged to not push students on how good their grades were in high school. Any GPA over (laughs) 0.5 is enough to qualify you for Liberty University. (laughs) 0.5? 0.5? Do you even have to be conscious to get that? <laughs> no. Point, 0.5 is like if you guess on literally everything, including the essay, you'll you'll get a 0.5. Jeez. Yeah. The good news for those D students is that Liberty's online courses are not exactly famous for their rigor. From the New York Times, people know it's kind of a joke and don't learn that much from it. Dustin Wall, a senior from South Dakota, told me, you use Google when you take your quiz and you don't have to work as hard. It's pretty obvious. Liberty says using Google during quizzes or exams is cheating. Wow. Yeah. The Times reporting suggests that recruiters have even started obscuring the school's Christian orientation in order to suck in more sweet tax dollars. I mean students. Quote, 
Two recruiters also said they were told not to mention Liberty's Christian orientation until people agree to apply when this fact is made clear in the user agreement they sign online. It also becomes clear at the moment that the recruiters sign up students for their first classes, typically an orientation class and three required Bible studies classes. Students often can't transfer credits for these courses to other colleges, which deters many from dropping out. So if you're keeping track, this school, which is funded primarily by taxpayer dollars, tricks students into signing up without knowing that they're joining a Christian university. And, and then, then if they try them, to leave a devalue, it doesn't transfer anywhere so they can't really go. And then there's mandatory Bible classes that are paid for, again, with taxpayer dollars. This is cool. Fuck. Now, this all obviously has not made... Uh, Makes all... me miss Trump University. You know oh, I mean? there was a university. Ugh. You knew what you were getting with Trump University. Yeah. A picture with a cardboard cut out of Donald Trump and nothing else. I miss them. I miss them too. Now, Liberty University's teachers are not all happy with the state of affairs that has changed. Because it used to be a somewhat actual school. Yeah, I was going to say there's teachers because it really doesn't (laughs) seem like it. That seems to be the administration's attitude too. There's teachers? (laughs) (laughs) We thought this scam just ran itself after we suckered you into getting in that is yeah we'll we'll be getting a quote from jerry falwell jr that's basically that uh see most teachers like to know that they work for a well-respected university rather than a profit mill with very little to no educational benefit but liberty university is ranked in the lowest one quarter of national universities by u.s news and world report it lags behind brigham young university a religious college that at least delivers an education low quality online courses might be one reason for this another is probably the university's outright hatred of its teachers. Only the law school at Liberty University even offers a tenure track. This allows Jerry Falwell, Jr., to enact an extreme degree of control over his faculty because he can fire absolutely anyone. However, this also makes it difficult to draw in competent teachers. Chris Gaumer, a former English professor, provides additional explanation for this treatment. When I was there at faculty meetings, the commentary was that online was funding the school while they were trying to just break even on the residential side. And it was understood that on the online side, they were making a killing. Boy. Cool. Sounds like a real school to me. In his interview with the New York Times, Falwell Jr. admitted that the faculty had complained initially about the growing importance of online classes. He told them, the big victory was finding a way to tame the faculty. We really started making money when we fucking tame the faculty? Yeah. What are they, fucking tigers? What is going on? Yeah, yeah. You got to tame the faculty. Otherwise, they're going to complain about the fact that you aren't delivering an education to your students. Oh, boy. Those pesky faculty. Jerry Falwell Jr.'s decision to endorse Donald Trump in the 2016 election was deeply controversial, both for the students and the teachers. According to Will's write-up, the school's methods became even more aggressive after Falwell endorsed Donald Trump early that year, according to multiple current and former faculty members. The closer you get to the president's office, says a former history professor, Brian Melton, discussing a chilling effect at the school, the worse it becomes. Falwell's staff now operates masterfully to squash challenges to his views and his rise in national political influence. So that's good. That's scary as all. Yeah. This March, Falwell Jr. attended the signing of an executive order by President Trump on college-free speech. Oh, my God. He was a big advocate of college-free speech. Oh, the irony is truly too much. Yeah. The guy who brought the school's paper under his direct personal control uh, is invited by President Trump to uh, watch the signing of a bill that I'm sure will protect free speech. It hurts. Yeah. 
In a PBS NewsHour appearance after, he claimed that his college was inclusive of all ideas, unlike all those evil liberal universities. As evidence for this, he pointed out that Liberty University invited President Carter to deliver its 2018 commencement address and had Bernie Sanders speak in 2015 at a mandatory assembly. These things did happen. But Falwell neglected to mention some other things, like the fact that, in 2009, it withdrew funding and recognition for the College Democrats Club. Mark Hine, the SVP of Student Affairs, said this was because the Democratic Party defends abortion and supports the LGBT agenda. Wow. So that's good. After the bloody 2017... Really reminiscent of his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, the apple did not fall far from the tree that is also poop and not apples. <laughs> and the apples are also poop. Yes, the apples are also poop. After the deadly 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, you know this is going to go a pl- good place oh with an intro like that, the Liberty Student Government Association attempted to issue a statement of solidarity with Heather Heyer, the murdered anti-fascist activist. In response to this, the SGA's president refused to release the statement because it would have meant sending it to Jerry Falwell Jr. first, and they really didn't think he was going to be on board with sympathizing with a woman murdered by a Nazi. Oh, God. Well, they're probably not wrong about that. That's why I said, oh, God. (laughs) When Falwell Sr. died, the idea was that Jonathan Falwell would act as the moral compass for Liberty University, while his brother handled the finances. And Jonathan is still the school's vice chancellor for spiritual affairs, but the evidence suggests that he has been largely sidelined at the university. One Liberty official told Brandon Ambrosino, writing for Politico, quote, Jerry never removed Jonathan. He just kind of pushed him aside. He bought all of the Thomas Road Baptist Church properties, Liberty Christian Academy, Jonathan's building at the airport, and a couple of others. Jonathan complained, but never stood up to Jerry because he knew Jerry controlled the purse strings. That seems like a healthy family. Jonathan seems sad as hell. I think Jonathan is kind of sad as hell. Yeah. I'd like to know what he does every day. Cry. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Terrible family. Yeah, it seems like a bummer of a family. And Falwell Jr. has done some strange things with his control of those purse strings, things his father would not have approved of. One of these things was the $4.7 million purchase of a South Beach hostel in Miami, Florida. That doesn't sound, um, I don't know, Christian and decent. No, but it actually sounds like a pretty sweet hostel, uh, very gay-friendly, uh, situated directly above a liquor store with a bar where you could bring your own alcohol in. That's what I'm saying. How yeah. could they have possibly allowed this? Well, that's, that's, that's a fun little story. Um, it listed its rules as no soliciting, fundraising, politics, salesman, or religion. It was written inside the hostel. That's fun. Owned by Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, It was billed as a great place for people around the world to come and get wasted in pre-party before hitting the Miami Strip. So this is... This is so confusing. Yeah. The Falwells bought the hostel, but mysteriously gave a 25% stake in its profits to one Giancarlo Granda. Now, Mr. Granda is most often described as a pool boy in reporting on this that you'll find. He is a handsome, muscular uh, young man in his mid-twenties. The nature of his relationship to the Falwells is unclear, but he seems to have accompanied them on numerous trips. Some evidence suggests that he was present with the Falwells during the taking of some racy photos of Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife, Becky. So that's interesting. Wait. Yeah. What's the suggestion here? The suggestion is that Jerry Falwell Jr., his wife Becky, and this pool boy had an ongoing threesome thing happening, and then they bought this guy a hostel and gave him a 25% stake in the profits and let him manage it. 
a gay-friendly hostel. I was hoping that's what you would that's say. That kind of seems like what's happening. That is delicious. Now, But hot pool boy is how he's described. He's usually just described as a pool boy. But you said he was hot. He's definitely hot. Oh, I, yeah. No, you look him up. He's, he's, he's scrumptious. I definitely pictured the guy from Legally Blonde. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the guy she's into that's stupid no, look looking. Up, look him up. Giancarlo Granda. He's a good looking guy. Doing it. Yeah. That's so freaky. I love it. Yeah. It's 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 pretty fun. Uh, I yeah. don't think Becky had it in her. Yeah. A lot of people know what Becky had in her because these pictures have gone. Pretty racy. Yeah. Pretty racy. Now. The Falwells deny that there are any racy photos. Well, that's not quite what he says. Uh, in, in an interview with the Todd Starnes radio show, Jerry Falwell Jr. said, there are no compromising or embarrassing photos of me. Mm. Yeah. But Becky. But Becky, yeah. Three photographs of Becky have been seen by the Miami Herald. Uh, they are images of her in various states of undress. It is not known who took the photos or when they were taken, and the Herald has not given the photographs and therefore has not been able to authenticate them uh, independently. But two of the photos appear to have been taken at the Falwells Farm in Virginia and a third at the Chica Lodge, where they were known to spend a lot of time with Giancarlo Granda. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting their freak on. Now, when these photos uh, leaked out, I mean, who do you get to help you if you need to, like, recover some racy photos of your wife? Larry Flint. No. Michael Cohen. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) That took a turn, huh? Yeah, he was a longtime friend of the Falwell family, and they hired him to clean up the evidence of these these sexy photo sessions. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Politico. Longtime listener, first time caller, would love to clean this up for you. (laughs) No, he'd known them a while. Yeah. Longtime Liberty officials close to Falwell told me that the university president has shown or texted his male confidants, including at least one employee who worked for him at Liberty, photos of his wife in provocative and sexual poses. At Liberty, Falwell is very, very vocal about his sex life, in the words of one Liberty official, a characterization multiple current and former university officials and employees interviewed for this story support. In a car ride about a decade ago with the senior university official who has since left Liberty, all he wanted to talk about is how he would nail his wife, how she couldn't handle his penis size, and stuff of that sort. This <laughs> Former official recalled, Falwell did not respond to questions about this incident. More than simply talking about it with employees about his wife in a sexual manner, on at least one more occasion, Falwell shared a photo of his wife wearing what appeared to be a French maid costume, according to a longtime Liberty employee with firsthand knowledge of the image in the fallout that followed. This is amazing. This sounds like a healthy working environment, right? I think it's the kind of working environment that what Joaquin Phoenix provided, right? (laughs) (laughs) Super safe. You got a picture of Giancarlo Granda pulled up? I mean, I I looked at it. They don't, where are the pictures of, uh, of him and Becky? Where do I find that? I mean, Michael Cohen cleaned him up. I'm just going to say, I can't find them. Yeah. I just wanted, I just want to look at that handsome pool boy. I mean, let me see. There he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, Not yeah. Bad. yeah. He looks better in that picture where Falwell's wearing the purple shirt. Seems like a fun Miami party. Now, you're <laughs> <laughs> cleaning a pool. <laughs> oh my god, amazing! That Great Photoshop. God. So that French maid 
picture that mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell Jr. accidentally sent to an employee uh, had been intended to be sent to Ben Crosswhite, Becky's personal trainer, as a thank you for helping her get into better shape. Another possible thank you to Ben <laughs> Crosswhite was the sale of a sizable fitness center on the Liberty University campus to Ben for wildly less than its market value. Liberty University insists that there was nothing untoward or sketchy about this arrangement. So that's cool. Also, I love that he bragged about having a big dick, which is exactly how you know he does not have yeah. a big dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bragging to like, random no one can employees. handle it. My wife can't take my huge dick. It's like, that's... Okay, mm. will you sign these payroll forms? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> can can my son have a scholarship can to I the university? Yeah. <laughs> Once I finish telling you about how my wife cannot take this monster hog of mine. Hold on, hold on. My rail, my my railing my wife story's not over. Where are you going? <laughs> Don't you want to hear about me fucking my wife who's also your boss? <laughs> <laughs> Becky, get in here and help me tell the story about <laughs> nailing you. So I'm fucking my wife, and I mean fucking my wife, when the pool boy comes in <laughs> and we buy him a hostel on the Miami Strip. <laughs> The only person that could take my penis that's not my wife is Giancarlo. <laughs> Giancarlo, the pool Have boy. you met Giancarlo? Giancarlo, get over here. That's my impression of of uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of Jerry Falwell Jr. during like a, a, a business, like a, a, a work a, meeting. Yeah, a staff meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to talk about uh, how our students are doing on the, uh, the, 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 how our bar exam acceptance rate is going. But first... Let's talk about my dick. Also, uh, I bet you he would bring in slides. And, oh, I don't know how this got in here. Oh, no. Well, you had a slide made of your wife in a, friend, a French maid outfit. I don't know how this got in here. This is crazy. Who's that muscular guy in the picture? Is that the same guy who owns that hostel that our school bought? <laughs> you know what's better than a hostel secretly owned by a Christian extremist cult? Products. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. 
together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. We're back. We're back, and... I think I'm going to try and throw this English muffin now before okay. we before we get back into Jerry Falwell Jr. All right. Now, this muffin's a little bit smaller than the bagel holder, so I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah! I mean, that was honestly just you flinging it with your hands. <laughs> yeah, that was but, basically just me flinging it with my hands. But hand. I appreciated it. Thank you. I it's, did not. I mostly appreciated that it didn't hit me or Sophie. Or Anderson. Or Anderson. Anderson's not in here. Yes, she is. She's under the table. She is. Oh, That's God. how good of a dog she, she is. She's that bitch. Shocking me. She's either here or not here. I never know which. No, she Do never reacts to throwing things. Actually, I my goal sometimes was. I don't know if she's here or in here. So it's like Schrodinger's Anderson. Yes. Not, don't, you, we don't want to be talking about Schrodinger's cats around the Falwells because they'll skin and feed <laughs> you that fucking cat. True. Do you want to be cool if you like threw the English muffin and then it just hit you in the face? That would be hilarious. That was what I was hoping was but going I am to happen. not that good at using my next sling time, Next time, fingers crossed. I'm going to practice. So, yeah, this Falwell's family's current sketchiness is as complicated as it is infuriating. And the recent rash of reporting on the family seems to reveal compelling proof that, whatever their public commitment to evangelical politics, the family has left their godly roots well behind. On July 19th, 2014, Swedish DJ John Dahlback performed at a Miami Beach nightclub named Wall, which I think is interesting because uh, you remember the Wall gang from earlier? Yeah. Now, uh, photographs taken that night show Falwell Jr.'s sons, Jerry and Trey, both in attendance with their wives. Trey. Fucking Trey. 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 <laughs> no, They're why? both pictured drinking. <laughs> why? Now, considering that their father runs and they work for a school that bans both co-ed dancing and alcohol... Those pictures were considered deeply embarrassing to the Falwell clan. Liberty staffers told the author of that Politico article that Falwell Jr. went to John Godger, the head of IT, to deal with the problem. 
Quote, Longtime Liberty officials described Gaugier as a sort of fixer for Falwell, a man promoted because he would do what Falwell asked him without complaint. But Gaugier is more than just a university employee. Since 2009... Or a sub. <laughs> Since 2009, Gaugier has also run Redfinch LLC, an online business he founded that specializes in search engine marketing and does lucrative contract work for Liberty. Tax records show Liberty paid Redfinch $123,950 during 2016 for what sources described as a search engine recruitment for online students to the university. Redfinch's online work for the school goes beyond typical SEO marketing. In an email from August 2013 obtained for this article, Falwell asked Gaugier to defend him in the comments section of a local news article that Falwell felt reflected too negatively on him. Falwell emailed Gaugier the exact wording to post. I'm having my Redfinch guys blow this right up right away, Gaugier responded. I'll tell you how it goes. Now, that's all silly, right? But here's where it gets really fucking infuriating. Because if you've heard of Redfinch at all outside of the context of Liberty University, it's because Redfinch LLC is the company that Michael Cohen hired to rig online polls in Donald Trump's favor in 2015 and 16. So cool. that's cool. Gaja wrote a computer script to vote constantly for Trump in exchange for $50,000. That $50,000. That's cheap. Eh, it wasn't a big job. But this means, here's what's infuriating to me. Not this, Not that he could ask for more money for a job like that. No, no, no. no. As a freelancer, I, I'm in fury. <laughs> you just want a collective bargain to get him more money? <laughs> no, it's that the $50,000 he got came from Falwell money. Falwell money comes from federal taxpayer money. Taxpayer money. So the taxpayers paid for John Gosher to influence polls in Donald Trump's favor uh, in 2015 and 16. That's so fucked up. Yeah, that that's that's really frustrating. In multiple reports from multiple outlets, Falwell's management of Liberty University has been described as dictatorial and fundamentally abusive. One senior university official told a journalist from Politico, we're not a school, we're a real estate hedge fund. We're not educating, we're buying real estate every year and taking students' money to do it. Another stated, it's a dictatorship. Nobody craps at the university without Jerry's approval. <laughs> In July of 2012, Falwell told university executives that his son, Trey, would be starting a new company to manage properties at the school, including the shopping center. This might represent what's known as a breach of duty of loyalty to the nonprofit, as it could be seen as Falwell Jr. enriching his son at the expense of giving the school's property a qualified manager. But it's fine. It's just fine for this to happen, which is cool. Falwell Jr. has also put his support for President Donald Trump above the health of his students and his ethical responsibilities as the manager of a nonprofit religious institution. In 2017, he invited the president to deliver the school's commencement address. Now, this is fine and happens regularly with a number of schools. But Jerry Falwell Jr. also had Liberty University start selling a line of Trump-branded shirts and hats commemorating the event. Becky Falwell wrote in an email thread, I want to make sure that we have a lot of options available to purchase. It's great advertising for Liberty to be on products with Trump's name. She added in a later message, I spoke to Michael Cohen and he said to make sure any shirts we buy are made in America. He loved the designs. <laughs> The school ended up printing shirts that looked almost exactly like official Trump campaign merchandise, including the words, Making America Great Again, One Degree at a Time. Wow. It's, yeah. It's possible these shirts are a violation of the school's 501c3 status, since they might be seen as political advertising. But there's no inclination that Falwell Jr. gives a shit about this, or that anything will be done about it. Yeah, who's going to prosecute him? Who's going to prosecute him? Nobody cares when these guys break the rules. Mm -mm. Nope. 
From Politico, Falwell has become known as a Trump loyalist who is willing to put his and his school's reputation on the line to defend the president from any critic. In Trump, Falwell said in 2017, evangelicals have found their dream president. When asked by the Washington Post late in 2018 if there were anything President Trump could do that would endanger the support from you or other evangelical leaders, Falwell said no. In a May 2019 tweet about the Mueller investigation, Falwell appropriated the language of reparations for descendants of slaves to argue that Trump's term should be lengthened. I now support reparations. Trump should have two years added to his first term as payback for the time stolen by this corrupt failed coup. Yay. That's cool. I just think it's neat that both uh, Jerry Falwell and Jerry Falwell Jr. have appropriated the language of, in Falwell's case, abolitionists, and in uh, Jerry Jr.'s case, uh, the reparations movement, to support their own political bullshit. That's neat. Yeah, and also um, kind of a hilarious... Uh, defeat of their own ideology yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah to like be borrowing by borrowing i'm being very kind it's like with quotation marks i mean stealing by stealing something from somebody that you don't even respect you're just giving credence to the fact that they are valuable and have ideas yeah and and that all you have value and merit and all you do is just steal it and appropriate it to your own uh end and then you still maintain your superiority it's just kind of hilarious yeah yeah it's it's unself-aware that is moral hermit crabbing um except for i like hermit crabs and i do not like the fallwells Jerry Falwell Jr. is considerably more positive in his words to the president than he has been in emails writing about his own students. Earlier in September 2019, Reuters published an article based on leaked emails from Falwell to his faculty. The title? Exclusive Falwell Blasted Liberty Student as Retarded, Police Chief as Halfwit in Emails. Wow. Yeah. Reuters interviewed uh, or reviewed several dozen emails, which painted a pattern of intense disrespect for the people who attend Liberty and work there. Here are some examples. Ronald Sons, the dean of the engineering school, was a bag of hot air who couldn't spell the word profit, Falwell wrote in 2011. Richard I guess he H- thinks that's like a sick burn. I think he does. Yeah. It's not, though. It's definitely not. Richard Hinckley, the campus police chief, was a halfwit and easy to manipulate and shouldn't be allowed to speak publicly. Hinckley couldn't be reached for comment. Uh, <laughs> on the account, probably, of how halfwitted he yeah, was. Yeah, he's too much of a fucking halfwit to talk to the press. Of Kevin Keyes, then Liberty's associate athletics director, Falwell wrote in 2012, only get Kevin involved in something if you want it to not work. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you hire that guy? (laughs) Like, why would you let that guy have a position at your school if that's what you say about him? It's so great. Up until very recently. Only an idiot would hire Kevin. Only a fucking moron I am would work with this guy. <laughs> I am his employer, and I regularly show him pictures of my wife naked. <laughs> As Becky, a good get in shit. here. Show him your ass. You don't deserve to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Up until very recently, Falwell Jr. has been allowed to get away with this behavior due to the sheer terror everyone else at Liberty seems to hold for him. One current university employee told Politico, Everybody is scared for their life. Everybody walks around in fear. Uh, this what a em- cool place to learn. <laughs> what a cool place to learn. This employee only agreed to speak to Politico after buying a burner phone because they were afraid that Falwell Jr. is monitoring their communications. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a real dictatorship over there. It sounds pretty great. I love that he's an advocate for free speech at schools. 
Now, the good news is that all this bad behavior has finally percolated out into the wider world. An activist Christian group, Faithful America, has launched a petition to force the Virginia Attorney General and the IRS to open criminal investigations into Jerry Falwell Jr. They have received over 15,000 signatures so far. Earlier this month, the Washington Examiner, a very right-wing news website, published an editorial simply titled, Jerry Falwell Jr. Needs to Go. And on September 13th, after several of these damning articles dropped, 200 Liberty students protested on campus. At least 60 of them demanded an investigation into the school's president and his administration. So that's good. Maybe something will happen. <sighs> They've, But so much time has passed. <laughs> yeah, he made billions of dollars stealing taxpayer funds and giving people worthless degrees uh, in exchange for money that... Should have gone to infrastructure. Yeah. It's like doubly terrible because he both wastes all those tax dollars and then all of these kids wind up in horrible debt uh, for no benefit. It's pretty cool. And they don't get educated. And they don't get educated. And then the money goes to rigging polls online in favor of Donald Trump. Yeah, this is... And buying that hostel. A lose-lose situation except for Giancarlo. <laughs> Giancarlo did Giancarlo's great. Giancarlo's crushing it. And I assume some, like, European backpackers had a great, like, great stay. summer break in Miami. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're also winning. hmm So. Well, thanks. Sophia, how you feeling? I mean, a lot better than after you've invited me to talk about dead babies for yeah. fucking hours. Way less Honestly, dead babies. I, I'm not even sure. I feel positive. Like leaving. It's just a weird feeling. Normally I leave here and I want to like curl up into a ball and die. Well, I will find another dead baby story to tell you. Don't I am you worry. not afraid of that being untrue. Yeah, it, <laughs> it it's, is going to happen. I just got to find another real good baby murderer. Like that's part of the trouble. Is <laughs> Yeah, that, that is part of the trouble. It's just hard to find a good baby killer these days. Hey, that's not a challenge, listeners. Don't be like, you know what? I'll give Robert something to talk about. If you know someone who killed a lot of babies, reach out to us on Jesus Twitter. Christ. What? Stop influencing. He just negativity. loves Cansylvania. He loves yeah. it there. It's it, you know what it is is it's the mild falls. <laughs> well, there's no such thing. It's all only one temperature in Cansylvania, and it's just unbearably hot. Who's he? Who's, just he, like who's your takes. new roommate? Paul Manafort. Oh yeah, it's you, Manafort. <laughs> he didn't even get canceled. I mean, he just got imprisoned. Then how is he in Pennsylvania with you? Well, yeah. I, I, I guess I would say he didn't get canceled because he actually faced consequences, and the people in Pennsylvania really don't. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that little observation moved you up to a higher level mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania. Now I'm I'm bunking with. Uh, uh, no, we already did a Louis C.K. joke. Yep. I can't think of anyone else who's been canceled. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, there's a lesson in there somewhere. <laughs> well, Sophia, you want to plug your pluggables? Sure. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Sophia S O F I Y A, and on my podcast Private Parts Unknown with <gasps> Courtney Kosak. It's a podcast about love and sexuality around the world, and Four Twenty Day Fiance. My podcast about 90 Day Fiance with Miles Gray. And you can find uh, me in Cansylvania performing at the Comedy Cellar. I open for Michael Richards. I thought of another one. <laughs> Proud of you. Thank Good you. Good for you. It's website, behindthebastards.com. Twitter, at Bastards Pod. Instagram, 
the same as the Twitter. And t-shirts at Tee Public. Uh, what well, Sophie? Oh yeah, uh, if you buy t-shirts at Tee Public, I will use them to purchase a hostel in Miami Beach. Uh, for your pool boy lover. For my pool boy, but I won't keep it a secret. I, I will. I will. You will, I will be proud it. of Giancarlo. I, will, I am. I am very proud. Giancarlo is the only one in the story I actually am proud of. <laughs> it's true. He yeah. really uh, knows how to ratchet up. Just being the third guy in a threesome. It just seems the third like person in a threesome into <laughs> some actual real estate into owning a hot co-owning a That's... hostel in Miami Beach. That's a weird flex, but I'm I'm in it. I mean, I feel like your choices are one of two things. Either Liberty University taxpayer dollars go to fund like fraudulent polls that support Donald Trump's candidacy, or they go to Giancarlo. And I know that I would rather Giancarlo of course, get Giancarlo them. by a mile. Mm-hmm. So buy some t-shirts, support Giancarlo, listen to the worst year ever where we'll try to get Giancarlo on as a guest. Uh, That'd be actually really fun. Yeah, yeah, if you know someone who's had a threesome with the Falwells, tell them to hit us up. Episode's done. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 